Hello and welcome to the Who's He Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. Hey, Paul's back after, how long has it been, Paul? July, is it? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So yes, uh, the dulcet tones of Paul is back on the podcast. And uh, well, this time we're going to be talking about uh, The Mind Robber. Starring Patrick Troughton, Fraser Hines and Wendy Padbury. Um, but now usually at this point I would say, but first the news. But well, there's none, is there? There's absolutely no. nothing. Um, so on this occasion, um, we're just going to get straight into the review, which is a, a first for us, isn't it? It seems a bit weird not covering some news for, or some tat or something like that. No. Yeah, so well, well, Scott and I did a, did a, um, a, a news special... A few weeks ago, um, I think mainly because I think by the time we got around to speaking about it, it, it really would have been old hat, mate. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, yes, yeah, so we planned to catch it a few weeks ago. But I would have thought there'd been a little bit of news because, you know, we're in September and, well, we're, we're getting near to the 60th anniversary now, aren't we? Yeah. But nothing's come out yet. So maybe they sort of sort of stopped a little bit and then we'll get it will start to pick up and then we get to the we'll get to the time so um yeah i mean i suppose it's it's the point that actually everything that we're going to see in the next few months is is, is done and dusted now so mm. unless they actually want us to to know anything we're not going to hear about it now no nah, that's it that's it i think we, we've i think we've had our our trailers and so on and so on and and, and that's it and i'm i'm pleased with that to be honest i don't want anything else spoilt for us apparently you know no. there's what we've seen in the trailers merely scratched the surface of what's to come so mm. let, let's see if that's true but uh but anyway um the mind robber should we should we just dive in then paul yeah yeah, I'm, I'm tempted at this point now. We've had no news. So I've got no opinion on this. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before we say that, let's listen to at least tell people when this was originally broadcast, shall we? <laughs> yes. Right. So this was uh, broadcast between the 14th of September to the 12th of October, 1968, and of course, we'll be talking about the uh, televised version compared to the novelisation. Um, of the book and the target novel of this was released in November 1986 um, so it's quite a long gap between uh, between the two but both the tele-, tele version and the target version were both written by Peter Ling yes um, so I'd it's not always sh- quite nice to have the person novelising yes, his own indeed, story indeed because hopefully you sort of find they can introduce things that were well maybe cut for budgetary or timing reasons um, yeah on, on the telly, so um, so let's find out if that's true. So I think we, we agreed before we started, you're going to kick this off, Paul, aren't you? Yes. Yes, so go go for it, mate. Um, I don't know. To, to start with, I'm not totally sure how I feel about this story. Okay. What's uh, that? I don't know. I just feel it was a bit... What's the word here? I think I think they just did it, the, the, the whole tricks thing, just too many times. Mm. It probably would have been better as a four-part... I think they could have just done it as a four-part. So it's one of those ones where obviously they had five weeks to fill. Yes, it was the case. Because um, I think the Dominators, which preceded this, was meant to be six parts. Yeah. And ended up only being five. So they had to pad out the season by introducing an extra part for this story. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you so sort you're right. of had bits that just repeated themselves like the unicorn and medusa and that sort of thing mm. so you uh, it 
it takes away a little bit of the enjoyment of the story, I think. When, when did you first see this story? Because um, I, I seem to recall it was on one of the... Uh, when the BBC Two did those repeats, was it the Five Faces of Doctor Who yeah. repeats they did? I think it was part of that because I think this was probably one of the only one of the only complete stories they had for Patrick Trout at the time. Yeah, I seem to recall. Um, and I wasn't a fan of it. I got I found it quite boring. Yeah, I think probably be because of the the repeating of it. So, I mean, actually, some of the the ideas for it are really good. I think. Yeah, the actual premise of being stuck in a, like a, a land of fiction outside of space and time. Yeah, it, it, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's an interesting premise, isn't it? It but is. Then and I- actually, and actually, watching the how the BBC coped mm. with that. Yeah. In filming it for its day, I thought was really good. I think for its day, it's good, but I think I do think the budget. And the Doctor Who budget never will live up to, to no. what was in the in the writer's mind. Never will do. Um, but I think with something with the land of fiction, you do you are going to need quite an expensive budget to realise yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, and, no, but, I, but, I, what, but they did I think they did reasonably well with what they had. I think it's an ambitious story for them yeah. to attempt. Yeah, very. With the budget they had. Yeah, very. And I think to a certain extent, they they did. Actually, not too badly. I mean, I, I, I was sort of... It's a while since I've seen it. Um, I tend to read the book first, and I was fearing the worst. <laughs> yes, I, I, what I was trying to do was to read the, re, read the book. Um, actually, no, no, what I was doing, I, I, was, I was watching the episodes and then reading the book up to that point and watching the next episode and, and doing it yeah. and doing it that way um just so I could make some some better comparisons um but i, th- I think before I, I i mean i make any comparison i think the first episode of this serial is probably one of the best opening episodes of a story ever made for doctor who yeah I mean that whole thing of the um the tardis breaking up and the, and the console spinning in space um, I think he's brilliant. It's certainly one of the best cliffhangers. Oh God, yeah. And also the weird thing with Zoe and Jamie being converted into into sort of like the sort of white versions of, the, of themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think was qu- quite trippy, and even trippier in the book. Yeah, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's one of the best episodes. But I think for me, after that opening episode, it it doesn't really live up to that. That, that 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 amazing first episode. The remaining four episodes are, for me are a little bit of a a bit of a disappointment to a yeah, certain degree. Like they, they, they all just get a bit samey. Yeah, don't they? I yeah. think there's only. I mean, it's yeah. They, 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 you need to show enough for the Doctor to work out what's going on, which is fine. Yeah, but yeah, like I say, I think I think it could have you could have lost um, the the labyrinth scenes. You could have lost the Medusa. And you wouldn't really have. I mean, the Medusa to a certain extent, yes, because that's when he first realizes that he can't write himself into. Fi- he can't do something that makes him written into fiction. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a bit um, samey from that point of view. It was. Um, I must to be honest. I like the Medusa scene um, yeah. on telly because I like the. I think that for its its. Day and I think that you know obviously the time they had I think the stop motion on the on the snakes was really well done. Yeah, this is fair. what I'm saying. This is this is what I meant. I mean, I think 
you know, considering you'd almost actually wonder whether they'd attempt this sort of story even now, just because of what the amount of different things you'd have to do. It just seems, I, I, you know, that some, yeah, somebody, I, I, somebody would have looked at that as, as a, you know, set designer or script designer and got that script in 1968 and thought, oh, and how much budget have I got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. You, you can, I mean, that's the thing. It's sort of like they can really go to town with this. And then, you, as you say, they look at the budget. It's like, oh, God, 10, you know, £11.80 again. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> But I mean, there I mean, are some they, good things. I mean, they, I they like... couldn't even actually get a bodybuilder in to do the. <laughs> oh, the, I'll, I'll come on to carcass. the carcass later. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um... <laughs> yeah. I, I think the. I mean, obviously, that there, there are not too many differences between the televised version and the, and the novelization. There's a, there's a couple of. Well, um, I mean, the, the way the way the book opens is different. Ma- yeah, is the major yeah. one, isn't it? Because you yeah. actually you get the first probably two episodes told in flashback. Yeah, precisely. In the book. And it doesn't carry or continue directly from the Dominators either, does it? Because in, in the book, they that the foot of uh, Vesuvius. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the televised version it's, it it can it continues straight away from the end of the Dominators. So yeah, so that that's a bit more. Um, a, a, a sort of a, a bit more interesting, uh, as you say. To make it, yeah, to make it a standalone totally thing you can read. Yeah, without that. Yeah, and then to tell yeah. you flashback, which you know, as we're saying, like the first episode of this is one of the one of the better first episodes of Doctor Who, mm. and to actually then decide, no, I'm actually going to start from the middle <laughs> until yes. the first bit is flashback, and then continue the story. Is it? It was a interesting move. Yeah, I thought it was as well, actually. Um, and the fact I think... that it's his story probably allowed him to do so. Well, Whereas anybody else doing the novelisation probably would have felt, oh, I better follow the the TV. Well, this this is what this one thing that I, I sort of thought about afterwards, actually, and that it's the scene because um, obviously that there's two things this story is particularly famous for. One is that opening episode with the TARDIS breaking up. Yeah. And then the second episode where um, you get a different actor playing Jamie because Fraser Hines yeah. had chicken pox for that week. Now, he didn't have to keep that in the book because that was hastily written to get around the fact that Fraser Hines wasn't available. Yeah. I'd like to have known what was originally in the script had he not gone off sick for a week. Yeah, you, you, you probably just cut those two scenes. Yeah. Where he's or, what, very... or, or what was there to be because um, the episode links are some of the shortest in Doctor Who's history. I think is it, is it episode five, the final episode, only lasts for eighteen minutes. Mm. So some of the shortest episodes um, made for Doctor Who. So, which again suggests a, a series that was hastily hastily put together to five from four. Yeah, so that's why I'd like to know what was originally there for. In place well, of Jamie, it might well have been right, been replaced, up until, no. right up until near the end, right up until being filmed. It may well have only been four episodes. Well, yeah, it was, and I'd, I'd like to know which bits were padding, obviously. But they, yeah, they they obviously substituted something to put in the the the, the missing Fraser Hines. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I just have to know what what it, it what it originally was. Actually, I actually have to say about that for something that first of all you think oh, that's a bit. But when you think about it, that was actually a very clever idea done on it the It was. 
It was. You, you're living in the you're living in the land you're you're in the land of fancy and fiction. Yeah. So and you're oh, and you've got. I the want doctor. to be in the land of fancy now, actually. <laughs> um, hmm. and, <laughs> come, come on, come on! You're you're doing a Doctor Who podcast. You're living the dream, don't you? Oh, I'm in the in the land of fancy. <laughs> <laughs> more, 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 could you ask for in the land of fantasy than this? <laughs> um, but yeah, to actually do that, and you're having the do- doctors being tested on giving riddles to solve. Yeah, then that was actually a whoever. Did, if if that was, I mean, I don't know whether he did think that up or whether that was thought up by somebody script editor or whatever. Mm, yeah, but it was actually a, a brilliant idea. So yes, how do it was. You, how do you change the face of of a major character yeah. for only a couple of episodes? Which I, yeah, I thought was 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 really really well put together. It's on on the fly. It was it's such yeah. a, a, a surreal idea as well. Yeah, and the bit you I know, liked most, which I didn't necessarily pick up so much, but picked it up from the. You obviously pick it up more from the book. Is how embarrassed the Doctor is to speak to tell Zoe what had happened. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. You don't get that really on the t- TV version, no, do you? Yeah, you, you, know, you just you know, she goes, "How did that happen?" Oh well, never mind. Let's catch up with him. You know? Yeah, and then later <laughs> on, he goes, "Oh, it, oh, it's, it's this again." And so he says, "Again, again." As she just as the penny <laughs> drops with her, but how? <laughs> oh, that's that's really good. That bit, really good. Um, I think one of the other. Season again, it involves the 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 other Jamie. Uh, is the is the unicorn? Yeah. Scene, not not Jamie's dream on the TARDIS. It's when they they're confronted by the um by the unicorn. Now in the the televised version, they just see the unicorn. They they're marched off by the the the, the toy soldiers, and then the unicorn appears, doesn't it? Yeah. But in the book. To begin with, though, they're actually facing a um, a firing squad. A squad, yeah, made made of the toy soldiers. Um, which again, I thought, well, why why did they cut that? Maybe they thought them being in front of a firing squad was a little bit too too yeah, that, much that, for, for for the audience of that time, perhaps. That that does sound like a, a more of a decision made by somebody else higher up, doesn't it? Mm. Than, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does. We know it wasn't cut for time. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it bloody well wasn't, was it? Yeah, but, I wonder um, because this is such a sort of children's story. Mm, yeah, and all the characters are children's stories, and it's toy soldiers. That actually having a firing squad may well have been looked upon, and someone might have looked upon on that and say, "No, it's just too much of a jump." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that actually. I can see that. Um, I think the. The other major difference, particularly highlighting... So I'm, not, in, in, I'm not even sure they'd have that now in a story that was uh, like that. I think, the, I think the only time I can... I think, I think it's something, if you was doing it in a Dalek story or a Cyberman story, you could get away with it. Well, they, they did do it in the Dalek story, didn't they? The to... Destiny of the Daleks, when they executed yeah. the, the the slaves who were doing the mining. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I could think of the firing squads was um, Case of Androzani. Yeah. When the Doctor and Perry are, are put in front of that firing squad and, and shot, and it turns out they're Android versions, aren't they? So yeah, um, yeah, that's the only other time I, I I can actually think of where they actually put it on television. They're quite more darker stories in the in the hole, aren't they? 
They are. Yeah, this, as you say, this is meant to be sort of fairly sort of light-hearted, isn't it? Yeah. So, but, yeah, even in that sense. You know, you probably could have done a... In an early Doctor Who, you could have done a, a William Hartnell people fight, you know, sort of one of the Dalek stories from there where people fought, faced the firing squad of Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been out of place. But I think this then would have been too much of a a jump. I think it would have been. I, 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 yeah, going, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, going was... from Gulliver and Rapunzel to firing squads is a bit... Even with, even with clockwork soldiers, it's still... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, no. Another thing as well. I like the um. I like the, the way the the clockwork soldiers were realised. Yeah. As well, to be honest, I I thought they were really really effective. To be fair, um, and also the the white robots that you see at the beginning and the end of the um of the story. Yeah. I think I will. Um, but but they were from they were reused props. Or was it Journey to the Unknown? Wasn't it the the the, the BBC? Cereal they they borrowed the props from. Right. I think they just painted them white. They were a different colour for that that particular. Yeah. I've, I've never actually seen Journey to the Unknown. I don't know if it's one of those missing believe wiped stories, or not. I've got absolutely no idea on that front. Uh, maybe can someone can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong there. But um, but no, I, I I think they what what they put together on the screen looks really good. Apart there's 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 two things that stand out as being a bit naff. One is the Minotaur. Yeah. Which looked awful, to be honest. I really thought they've done something intelligent here and they're only going to show us it in shadow. Yes, same here. Because it's it's been a while since I watched this. Yeah, and was really disappointed when you actually got the... And I thought if they'd kept it as shadow and from behind was was really working well. They obviously weren't confident about it. (laughs) They knew it was. No, because you've got a very, very quick flash of its face, don't you? They don't hail the camera on it for, for very long. Um, yeah. but, but you can see why, can't you? So. Yeah. I mean, it, it is Warriors from the Deep, isn't it? In terms of the reveal not matching the the hype. But exactly, yeah. Like yeah. I say, I, I, yeah if they hadn't have done that, if you could cut out that one scene of the face, I think it actually works really well. I think they did exactly what they should have done, was, was all the suspense was in the shadows and yeah. looking from its point of view at the Doctor and Zoe. Yeah, which which was working well up until... Yeah, that that point really was yeah. So they showed its yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And you wonder precisely. whose whose decision was that? <laughs> Do we blame the director for that? Well, I suppose you have to, really, don't you? Was it the case? Or was it almost the case of someone said, "Look, we've paid money for that to be made. You've got to show it." <laughs> well, there, I think there might be no of them. I mean, it's. I mean, this was directed by David Maloney. Now, David Maloney's got a very good track record when it comes to Doctor yeah. Who, hasn't he? So. Um, yeah, it, it does make you wonder whether that was actually sort of forced, you know, uh, you know, upon him somewhat. And he, and he and he was the one that was delaying it as long as he could, and then <laughs> was like, you know, well, I've got to do it, I've got to show it. And it was just like as quickly as he could, he, you know. So you do get the feeling that he knew it wasn't whoever was directing it knew it wasn't the scene he wanted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's actually just coming back to what you were talking about the, the like episode one, the reigning episodes, and everything. Um, I just picked up on something here, episode one. It was uncredited. It was actually Derek Sherwin wrote episode one. The rest of it was written by Peter Ling. So it does yeah. make you wonder whether it was Derek Sherwin who did the 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 additional episode. He did the the you know the padding out of a four part to a five part, which is then why 
Peter Ling starts with in flashback because that's not his script. That's not his script. Yeah, well, it kind of is, isn't it? Because it does go yeah. into the uh, Derek Sherwin's episode one, but but yeah, yeah may, but, may, but, but, but yeah, maybe the, did, but I think that's why it's tonally different. Yeah, does his did did the original script really start with them arriving? Probably in just just arriving in the, the land, land of fiction. fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, okay. Now I say now the the other thing I thought was um, we well, you've already mentioned him by name once uh, uh, already the carcass. Yes. Uh, uh, don't do anything rash. Uh, I wanted to know what 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 were they thinking with with, with that one? The outfit, the performance. Yeah, it it was it was it was it was just bizarre, and it it it's, it stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, for I me mean, actually. You just sort of do think couldn't they have just got someone a bodybuilder? And then did what they did with the Hulk in the seventies and just paint him green. Yeah, I know anything. <laughs> he's really. supposed to be green, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he may so, well be green. I mean, that 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 rubber outfit he's got may well be green. I've got. I think, no I think in the book it says he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's green. He describes yeah. him as green. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, surely that must have been easier to have done that than to. And also to, the the, to make the whole that costume. Yeah, the the other thing as well that the book does explain is how Zoe's able to sort of throw him around like a rag doll. Yeah, it was all part of her training. Yeah, and she sort, men- sort of turn- yeah she sort of mentions it sort of oh this was like in in this particular lesson we learned on the on the on the wheel in space wherever it was and or a city where she came yeah, from and, and that was it. So because he was a character from her time. But which you you kind of understood in this, but you didn't understand well, how come she could all of a sudden start throwing around this massive guy um, all around the set, and it was incredibly overacted as well by Christopher yeah. Robbie. Um, yeah, who, I mean, it sort of tur- it turned into a sort of Emma Peel version of the Avengers, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, but of course, I mean, people should know Chris Robbie went on to play the Cyber Leader in Revenge of the Cybermen as well, which is a, a, a one of the least fondly remembered uh, Cyberman stories. But um, yeah, he he was well and truly over the top in this yeah. one. Um, actually, the other difference, um, which I liked in the book as well, because he was a comic book character. In the book, every time he spoke, there were speech bubbles. Yeah. Which I thought was a, was a, an interesting idea, and obviously they couldn't realise that on television. But I like, I like that idea though that the fact because he, he was a comic book character and that's how he was written, everything he said came in a speech bubble. Anything he thought about was in a a bubble. Any noises also come in a little sp- speech bubble thing as well, like Batman, really, wasn't it? Yeah, with Kapow and Splunge, whatever you know, what noise he made. Yeah, so I thought that that again that that was a nice little thing to add in the book. I felt. Again, again, it just played up the whole fiction thing, didn't it? Yeah. You know, but uh, um, what about Gulliver? Because I, I, I like Bernard Horsfall. I think he's always been good when he's, he's when he's been in Doctor Who. Um, and I liked him in this, actually. I did. I mean, again, I think slightly overused. Yeah, they could have had more than one character walking around, really, couldn't they? They could have any... But I suppose because he was on his travels, it, it kind of made sense, I suppose, didn't it? Yeah. 
I mean, there was a point where probably you could have done with him. A, meeting the Doctor, first of all. <clears throat> yeah. Then I suppose it just... Then he turns up when he gives them away to the soldiers, doesn't he, in the book. Yeah. Then, again, when they meet in the labyrinth... You could have lost one of those or amalgamated two of those scenes to make one scene. Mm. You could have done, really. And the actual, the scene with... Most of the scene with Jamie didn't make a lot... Didn't really move anything very far. No, it didn't, really. Where it they didn't. had the argument about not he didn't understand him and he doesn't understand me and that sort of thing. It's just that yeah. there's a bit... Didn't really necessarily need that. I mean, the interesting thing about that, of course, is for the TV, they had to drop the bit that Jamie spotted that he didn't cast a shadow, because on the TV he did. Yes, of course he did. Again, that was another nice little detail Yeah. in the book, wasn't it? Um, that he realises that he is yeah, not a, a fictional character, so he works out that and that why yeah. he doesn't trip the alarm. Now, there's, there's one thing that... I didn't think it was explained. I know sometimes not everything needs an explanation, uh, but I thought that the master brain, it wasn't really explained where it came from. From? Why why was it trying to take over the earth? I know it said about that the only human that only sort of like humans have the capacity for that that level of thought, sort of like making up stories and fiction, which I thought was a bit of a weak link, actually, because you know, um, yeah. but but it still wasn't really explained why it wanted to take over everybody, bring them onto that land of fiction, and take and then take over the earth. But for what yeah. purpose? It, it, it seemed, yeah, the purpose seemed to be that it wanted to bring <clears throat> the people to the land of fiction so that the earth would be free for them to take over. Yeah. But there was no, yeah, no explanation as to why they needed the Earth or what they was going to do with it. Mm. No. I mean, this story really doesn't have an ending, does it? I mean, they rescue <clears throat> the Master. Yeah, that's it. But don't really find out what anything was about. No, I, I think that was the disappointing thing, really. Um, and it, it, it didn't sort of... I know it sort of existed outside of space and time and everything, but which I thought was a... Quite, quite a, a like a scary concept, actually. Sort of like yeah. you know, there's like the whole doctor saying that there's nothing, especially in the book. It yeah. really in the, the book, yeah, yeah, really wasn't about the the, the, Yeah, there's nothing the thing, here, you know. The thing with Zoe being worried because that she realizes that actually his remarks are because he's scared and she's and he's never scared. Yeah, exactly. And plus the fact as well that the the, the the in the book as well when she goes to find the doctor in the TARDIS, he sort of. Sort of tending to the the ship's engines, more or less, isn't he? Hmm. Which I thought was, uh, and it sort of expanded more on what's inside the TARDIS. And you get, a, you, she does leave the, you know, there is a scene outside the console room on the, on the televised version, but it's nothing on that scale, is it? No. Which obviously I mean, actually, they couldn't realise. So it's one of the early scenes, really, where you feel that the Doctor and the TARDIS comfort each other. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, actually, I never without, thought about that. That's a good, going that's a good point. Yeah. Over the top on it, it's yeah, you know, something that perhaps actually, when you see, when you get to something like the the Doctor's wife, mm. you could imagine the, the the journey that's led to there. Yes, that that that, that, that does that, work. Those, yeah, yeah. You know, those you you read this in the book and whatever. No, no, no. I like that. I like that look on it. Actually, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, but I'd say it, it's. Um, I like, I like sort of like the the, the book emphasizes more the 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 
the situation that they're in and how sort of like the you know yeah. how sort of the, the doctor's that more of a sort of a a loss on what to do really, isn't he? Which I thought was yeah. quite quite well done. Um but yeah, it's just, I mean coming back to the to the to the the plan of the master brain, um yeah, it didn't really sort of go anywhere or mean anything at the end of the day, did it? No. Which which is a bit of a shame, I felt, because it, it's um it's an interesting story. It's interesting, but it, but for me, it didn't it it doesn't really it didn't really grab me. It never has no. done this story for some for some reason because no. I just think that after episode one, it, it's it's a little bit as you say, same a little bit. It just goes downhill a little bit for me. I mean, the thing with stuff reoccurring, I think narrowing, putting my thoughts back into order on that. Yeah, is the thing that gets on my nerves and my, is that most of the solutions to what's happening is to say I don't believe in you and we go through the same performance between the Doctor and Zoe with him trying to convince her too many times Yeah, she should have realised by the time you've done it three times that the, the solution is just to say I don't believe in you yeah it did kind of turn Zoe into a bit of the into the, the screaming psychic yes and Zoe was never that character no I mean, for the rest of the bit yeah. where she's, you know, working out stuff, and even as we say, doing her, um, her judo and yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it's quite a reasonable thing, but it's just that, and particularly her, even more than Jamie, is just the. But I can't, you know, you've you've seen by saying I don't believe by joining the doctor in saying you don't exist you're a mythical creature that worked three times why don't you believe it's going to work the fourth time oh no exactly it's actually it's as you say it's that repetition is what lets this story yeah. down it, it, you know, yeah. it really is um, and like I say I don't know whether that's it's been unfair to criticise the story because a, a, a lot of scenes might have had to have been written very quickly. Well, as yeah, on the go, I mean, almost. I mean, there's, there's something else I don't quite understand as well. Is is the is the the ticker tape machine? What I don't understand why that was had to print out because the master was writing it down with his pen and ink. Yeah, into onto paper or book or whatever it was, and I didn't quite understand why it had to be printed out on that ticker tape. And I think that was just there really so that Jamie could see what was Good. happening to yeah. the to the Doctor and Zoe. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm not too. That didn't bother me too much. I must admit, it, it, it was a it was a plot device, but it's, it was yeah, it, exactly. It, it that, but that's all it, it was. Didn't, it didn't. It, it, there was no real reason for it to be there, no, was there? Really? No. It was. It was a way of telling what was happening without having, you know, perhaps in saving some of the having to do so many sets. Perhaps. Well, I've got a funny feeling that you could be right there, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so, so we so we've got to do this scene, have we as well? Can't someone just read it out? <laughs> read it out for us, yeah. Yeah, I can. I'll get a ticker tape machine. You can read we'll get, that. Fraser Hines already standing to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no. yeah. It's, I mean, I, it's, it, it was interesting that they did have to put the one line into the book, didn't it? When he when he first talks about the master and he's saying he's got the same name as a as a renegade colleague of of mine oh yes yes which hadn't even been thought of in 1968 no. had it so no yeah come not come 1986 when the uh novelization was uh, you written just, yeah you just couldn't ignore the fact that you had a character called the master and not no mentioned. you couldn't well that was the thing because scott watched this story with me and when it said oh it's the master and he's like oh 
the master. And I went, no, no, it's not. It's it's a different master. So yeah, it, it did. It, yeah. it, th- it threw him for a bit actually. Yeah. And I, to be honest, it, it, I think when I first watched this, which I'm, you know, the, you know, the memory cheats. I, I'm, I'm thinking it was part of the five faces of Doctor Who in the 1980s that. Um, Obviously, I, I knew of the master, and I thought, "Oh, it's." I thought the same thing. It's the master, yeah. but yeah. as you as you watch it, you realise, "Oh, well, no, it's not actually." <laughs> so it's com- and def- completely and definitely related. when it gets to the end, and he describes how he got there. Yeah, and whatever. Then obviously, it's not. No, exactly. You, could, you couldn't even at that point when he came to write the book, you couldn't even retrofit it to the. <laughs> no, he couldn't. That was the it. Master. it too far down that particular rabbit hole there, wasn't yeah. he? So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, to be fair, I did enjoy reading the book more than I than watching it because I think it added in a, a, a few nice little touches. Yeah. It, it didn't improve the plot any, um, no. but it, it did actually sort of yeah. improve there, there things. Was li- there was little bits, yeah. yeah. Like little I bits. say, yeah. The, yeah. Like, as, as we've said, the... The Doctor going in, retreating into the TARDIS when he's into the center, into the you know the heart of the TARDIS almost when he's yes, yeah, s- yeah, worried, yeah, and um, yeah, that sort of thing. The the bits and pieces around that were were good. The bit, yeah. as you say, where Zoe, you why Zoe can suddenly knows how to defeat the carcass. Yeah, it was all uh, it was all <laughs> it was all there, wasn't it, in the book? Fortunately, but uh, yeah, maybe so, that bit changed in it because she puts her foot across his neck or something, doesn't oh, she? Oh, she does. She stands on his neck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. With, you know, saying one more bit of pressure and you're dead, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. They even t- had to tone that. Tone that toned. down a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, oh well, I, I, th- I don't think I've got too much more to say. I, mean, I think we we discussed this a lot longer than I I thought we would do. Yeah, actually, to be, to be fair, um, but yeah, I mean, anything else you want to you want to add, Paul? No, I mean, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't disappointing as such. It's just yeah, mm. you just felt that it was that it could have been edited, but you realise actually it was padded rather it was padded for a purpose. Yes, indeed, indeed. Hi. Is that you, Zoe? Who's that? Who are you? Oh. Oh. Well, 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 well. <laughs> How do you do? Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, really, I, I don't think this is the time for riddles. You must answer. Why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, very well. To get to the other side, or so I've always been led to believe. Now, would you mind telling me... Which is correct. The yolk of an egg is white or the yolk of an egg are white? Neither, it's yellow. How many means make five? I... Where was Moses when the lights went out? Well, I... Adam and Eve pinched me, went down to the river to bathe. Adam and Eve got drowned. Who do you think was saved? Well, pinch me, obviously. <laughs> ah, no, stop it, don't do that. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's it then, Paul. So, um, really, I think, I think, you know, I think um, next time it's going to be a big finished story. Hopefully we'll have some news to talk about next time. Um, yes. As well, so that would be that would be good. But obviously, we're all um, we're all leading up to the 60th anniversary, uh, which will be upon us very very soon. It's only a, a couple of months to go now. Um, yeah. So in between, then Scott and I will be back with um, a continuing look at the anniversary specials of of years gone by, and the next one will be Dimensions in Time. <laughs> right. Uh, Boy, from, which, you, you can't wait for that anniversary, oh, anniversary which we, specials to come. I know soon exactly. Enough. Exactly. Oh, they can't. Um, and then, um, but before we do get to the anniversary specials, uh, we're going to be talking about Day of the Doctor, aren't we? Because we're going to compare yes. that to the the Target novelisation. 
yes. of that story. So um, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, so I'm rather looking forward to it. I'm rather looking forward to reading it as well. Yes. If I'm honest. So that should be uh, that should be quite uh, quite interesting. So, um, yeah. So I think it just about wraps up this episode, Paul, doesn't it? It does. Yes. It does. It does. Excellent. So um, until we return, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You can download this podcast from iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and through your podcatcher of choice. If you would care to leave us some feedback on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, on the Who's He Podcast Facebook group, and through our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk.